0: Well, good morning. One of the great privileges we have as believers, as followers of Jesus, uh, is to grow in the ways of the Spirit. And I can think of no better way than to grow in the ways of the Spirit than to participate in the prayer canopy. We have 50 ministries in the greater Cincinnati area and 1,300 intercessors that are joining together in prayer. Each congregation is taking a day to pray. Our day to pray is the third Monday of each month, and every month we come out with a prayer guide. And uh, tracking through this guide will encourage you. It will challenge you. It will uh, remind you of the authority you have in the Holy Spirit to pray, to bring down the kingdom of God to our region, to our city, and um, joining in in agreement with these uh, with these prayers. And this prayer guide is going to be mostly scripture with specific requests. So the other thing that happens is you get a feel for what God is doing in our city and we can encourage each other in that. So I, I encourage you to participate uh, in that. Uh, you can get a prayer guide at the Connect desk and leave uh, Teresa your name and number and we'll connect you with our captain who is uh, Karen Gallardi. She's not here in this service but she will be in touch with you. Uh, right now we have about 68 people praying uh, each month together, and uh, we'd love to see that number grow, we'd love to see the number of churches grow, so we're hoping that God will double the canopy in the next year or so, so be encouraged by that. Um, I want to, uh, before I dive into the message, I just want to single out uh, one of our couples here today, Uh, Tom and Jane Dewey. would you stand? They're celebrating 51 years today. Thanks, thanks for your life among us and your example. Uh, we, we are blessed by you. So we're going to continue our journey in the series, uh, Gifted. And sorry about the AV challenges today. We uh, had a power surge, uh, two in the last two weeks. And uh, we've got stuff back there. We don't, we're not quite sure uh, what is what is going to need replacing, but we believe some of it's going to need replacing, so bear with us. Uh, but we're in the series called Gifted and Going For It, and this is a series that's looking at the gifts uh, that God has given us, and uh, the first chunk of the series is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the second chunk of the series is going to be the gifts of Jesus to the church, and the third set uh, is going to be about the gifts of the Father uh, to Uh, the people of God. So we're diving in to look at how these gifts can equip us empower us and help us bring the kingdom wherever we are, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, uh, wherever we may go, we want to bring uh, the kingdom of God. And Jamie uh, taught a couple of weeks ago that every time a spiritual gift is used it is literally the manifestation of God uh, to whomever that gift is serving and uh, bringing hope and light and the kingdom of God with us that's our privilege now today I've I've, Jamie's given me some tough assignments preaching but this one is is awesome this one is the best we're going to be talking about baptism in the spirit and the filling of the Spirit. And these are terms that you may be familiar with one way or the other, but let me look at it this way. One of the truly generous souls in our congregation is Chef Michael Belanger. Uh, Chef Belanger is here this morning. You want to stand up just briefly, Chef, so we can encourage you. Yep. Now, if you have a baby Uh, And you are lucky enough to get a meal from Chef Belanger, let me tell you. If you are doing, if you move into his neighborhood and you get one of his homemade challah breads, consider yourself blessed. But the highest gift that Michael can give is to cook and eat and talk around the table at a meal with you. Where he is also present. So not only his amazing cuisine, not only his amazing hospitality, but where he is there to regale you with stories and uh, all the things that go into cooking a meal. It is a gift that he has, the gift of hospitality. But the best one is when he's there. And similarly, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether it's prophecy or tongues or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the very best gift is that God gives us his spirit. You know, it was God in in the cloud for most of the Old Testament. Then it was God with us in the days of the Gospels. That was pretty awesome. We celebrate how awesome it is to have God with us every Christmas where we remember Emmanuel, the presence of God with us, in human flesh, on the earth, walking around where you could see and touch and feel what God was like. But now, now, as promised by the Father and as promised by Jesus, we are now in the age of the Holy Spirit. We are now, we have graduated from God with us to God in us. And it is, it is amazing when God moves in to the life of a human being, it brings that very presence of God into our hearts. So the entire way of walking with God changes from the law out there that directs us, what to do and what not to do, to the very nature of God in here, writing his Ways on our hearts and on our minds, and li- literally living with God. So, the gift of the baptism of the Spirit and of the filling of the Spirit, those are interchangeable terms. I'm going to pa- unpack that a little bit, is the greatest gift because it is God giving Himself to us, giving Himself in the daily decisions, in the daily thoughts, in the daily imaginations, in the daily walking, every moment, God in us. Now, that's kind of mind-blowing. That, in my opinion, that just trumps every new age idea, every new age idea, because God's literally in me, and he's in you. If, If you have given your life to Christ, he is in you. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I hope today's message will encourage you because at the end of the message, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your life to Christ, to pledge allegiance to the King so that you also may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you guys psyched up about this? Okay, come on. Let's, let's dive in. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this message in five parts. And the last two, uh, well, I'm going to teach for two, the scripture language that talks about this work of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to look at some theologies of the Spirit, and I'm going to give us a practical analogy. Then I'm going to open the floor for testimonies of uh, how the Spirit has worked in your life, then we're going to have communion, and worship team's going to lead us in worship. And when we're done communion, I want us all to sit down. And we're going to finish the series, uh, the this, this service this morning. We're going to finish with a time of worship and prayer. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. And uh, we'll have prayer people walking through the room laying hands on you. Uh, and that will be the way that I hope we can... Uh, Intellectually and experientially, uh, get a hold of this most amazing gift of the Lord, of the gift of the Holy Spirit in us. So, Father, as we dive in today, I ask that you would help me speak clearly. I ask that those watching uh, would be transformed by this word, by this message from you. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you would know you're welcome here, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. Uh, if there are people here who need a touch from you right now, Lord, that you would do that even as I speak. I praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And the church agreed and said, amen. 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 All right, so let's dive into today's text. It, it, we're continuing. We've, we've studied the first 11 verses of 1 Corinthians 12. So I'm going to pick up in verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, But all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized, and then uh, your Bible might say with or by or in. I'll come back to that. We were all baptized in one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. These are the very words of God. and this text, Paul is going to move into a, a whole analogy of the body and the various parts, uh, and we'll deal with that in a subsequent message. But this morning, I want us to focus in on this uh, idea that the Holy Spirit uh, is that we are baptized, which is... Is a word, it's actually not an English word, it's a Greek word, baptizo. It's been transliterated into English, baptized. It means to submerge. And it means to take a, an object and submerge it, usually in a liquid. That's what the term means. So, when we are doing baptisms in a couple of weeks, we will be submerging people in water. We will be baptizing them uh, in water. uh, And that will be their testimony of faith. And that is what Jesus commanded us to do to be baptized. That means that we are going underwater, which is like going in the grave with Him, we're coming out of the water, which is like resurrection power. It's giving us a clear conscience before God. And it is uh, also uh, washing away our sins. Lots going on in the baptismal tank in water. Imagine what's going on with the Holy Spirit when God submerges us in the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying is that the Spirit is submerging us in the very nature of God. In the very presence of the Spirit, the very nature of the Father, the very nature of the Son, in, a, in, a, in a, a way I don't have time to explain today, we actually, when we get the Spirit, we get the Spirit of Jesus and we get the Spirit of the Father. So we get them all. It's even better. You can't even imagine what I'm going to do today is just scratching the surface. So what I want you to think about is like, whatever Dennis says today, just imagine Exceedingly abundantly, beyond all you can imagine, because you 're literally getting the very presence of God, the Father, the Son, and the spirit and the whole point of this is that there 's no tears uh, there 's no a class b class c class Christians we are all given one spirit to drink, the same spirit you 've heard us say when the children are caught up in the Spirit, they're not caught up in the junior Holy Spirit. They're caught up in the Holy Spirit. There's only one. And this whole text tells us that the main point of all of this is that the Spirit makes us one. The Spirit unites us. The enemy, by the way, wants to use the Spirit to divide us. Oh, they have this gift and they have that gift. Why don't you be jealous of that believer who has gift A and you have gift B? And we're told previously in the first 11 verses that each one of us gets a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit. Each one of us has at least one. And God is generous and most of us have many. And we can have as many as the Lord. He says, keep asking. Keep asking that you would have these these gifts, especially the gift to prophesy. So this text here, I just want to tell us, spirit, united, no A class, B class, C class Christians, everyone drinking from the same spirit, making us one family in Christ. When Jesus was asked who is, who is his mother and brothers and sisters, he would say those that are, Following the will of my Father. Well, the will of the Father is that we have the Holy Spirit. He promised it and He delivered it. So there's a word there. Uh, in your Bibles, there's probably a note on the bottom if you look. Uh, in verse 13, it, it says in, in the NIV, right, it says baptized by one Spirit, but then the note in the NIV is or with or in. That's a word, a small little Greek word that is pronounced ice. You want to say ice? It can mean by or with or in. So depending on your translation, it'll have a different word in there and it'll have a note at the bottom. So let's sketch out the terminology of the baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit. So it starts way back with the prophets and Jamie already took us through that, Joel Isaiah, Ezekiel, they all forecast that we would have the Holy Spirit. Moses wanted everybody to have the Holy Spirit. uh, But it didn't happen until Jesus ascended into heaven. And then on the day of Pentecost, he poured out the Spirit. So uh, before Jesus, though, came John the Baptist. And in this next slide here, if you could advance that. John said, I baptize you with water but the one who's coming after me Jesus he will baptize you with the holy spirit now this is fairly important because it's in every single gospel it's in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 Mark chapter 1 verse 8 Luke chapter 3 verse 16 and John chapter 1 verse 33 this is very important it's it's literally verbatim in every gospel and this is what was foretold by the old testament prophets now Jesus, coming straight after John, uh, next slide, in his resurrection, uh, says to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, Jesus is risen from the dead. He's alive on the earth for 40 days, teaching about the kingdom of God. And then in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so that's Jesus speaking about Pentecost. He ascends into heaven. Ten days later, uh, on Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit comes and fills the disciples. So the language, at least so far, is the baptism of the Spirit. But now we go into the book of Acts, and in the book of Acts, next slide, you see the term being full of the Spirit, or being filled with the Spirit, and you see it uh, almost a dozen times. You see it with the 120 disciples at Pentecost. Peter gets filled then, and he gets filled again in chapter 4, verse 8. And then they're all together praying, and they get filled again. So that, that is showing us that this filling is a repetitious, there's a pattern of repetition. Stephen, when he's chosen uh, to deal with the food distribution, Uh, as I believe the first deacons of the church. The criteria was to be filled with the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit. Then he was also full of the Spirit uh, in the next chapter when he's testifying about Jesus to the religious leaders. And then Paul is filled with the Spirit uh, in Acts 9.17. The Gentiles that Peter's talking to get filled in 10.45. Barnabas who was filled, because he's one of the original 120, he was filled again in Antioch. And Paul was filled again also when he went to Antioch. And then finally in Ephesus, we have 12 disciples who are getting filled with the Spirit. And that helps us make sense of how Paul teaches us how to live. In the book of Ephesians, Paul uh, does a teaching in chapter 5, where he basically starts chapter 5, God forgave you, follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. And Paul goes on to say, uh, you can't even have a hint of sexual immorality, impurity, greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. And he goes on to talk about all the darkness. And he says, I don't want you to do that. I want you to imitate, be imitators of God. And in verse 15 of chapter 5, he says, be very careful then how you live, not as wise but as unwise, making the most of every opportunity. And then finally, in verse 18, he gives the secret. He says, don't keep getting drunk and falling down. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Now that verb tense there is... Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is by the tense of the Greek, We, we it would be unwieldy to translate the whole passage and and to, we're translating it into English, so we're not going to use go on before every verb, but that's, that would be the proper translation. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a present continuous tense. So Paul is saying if you want to follow God, if you want to escape the sin that keeps dragging you down if you want to get out of the lousy rhythms that you're in then get filled with the spirit that's the only way you're going to have the power to walk with God so if you look at the New Testament and this is part of my testimony in in reading the New Testament through one year over the Christmas holidays I, read, I came to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, which says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Every, often in the New Testament, the kingdom of God and the power of the Holy Spirit are equated. Where the, the move of the kingdom with power is effected by the Holy Spirit. So if you read the New Testament, you will see, oh, this whole thing hinges on the Holy Spirit. I can't know how to follow Jesus unless I understand the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit allowed me to become a believer in the first place. The Holy Spirit opened my heart. The Holy Spirit changed my mind. The Holy Spirit takes the scriptures and brings them alive so they grab hold of me. The Holy Spirit is everywhere working in the midst of, Of our daily lives so there's no you know there's no way to follow Jesus if you're following Jesus without understanding the Holy Spirit then you're essentially walking in the flesh you're you're walking in willpower and and human effort and then religion becomes just a just a duty and obligation and a and a impossible thing to do but if you Understand what the New Testament says about the Holy Spirit, the Old Testament as well, that it, it's the way that we follow Jesus. It's the enabling power that enables us to become real followers of Jesus. And there's no demarcation. There's no class A, B, C, as I said. There's only one Spirit. Now, earlier in the book of Ephesians, Paul will say in verses 13 and 14, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, which is the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, The other function that the Holy Spirit does, besides opening our eyes and opening our minds and opening our hearts and giving us awareness of what's going on in the spiritual realm, the Holy Spirit is actually a seal. It's a seal, and you are marked with the Holy Spirit. God, in his heavenly abode, can look across the earth looking for his people, and he can see them because they're marked with the Holy Spirit. They're marked with himself. And so, if you put all of that together, you have a Holy Spirit theology that starts with our faith, enables our faith, we come to faith, we get sealed with the Spirit, and then we get filled with the Spirit or baptized. They're interchangeable. I hope I've proven that to you. They're interchangeable. They're filled with the Spirit, and then we can have multiple fillings over and over and over again as we grow, as we overcome sin. And so now I, I just want to give you a, a, a quick summary of Holy Spirit theologies. There's probably a hundred, but I'm going to deal with the, the main three. The first one is that the gifts and the the whole apostolic age, all the stuff going on in the book of Acts, is finished, and it was finished when we got the Bible, when this became finished, and we didn't need all the apostles and all the awesome power anymore. So we get the Holy Spirit at faith, but there's no more given or no more needed. So that, that is one view uh, where the gifts are more or less finished. The next view is a kind of a two-stage view. You, you come to faith, And then as a first step, and then as as a second step, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And for most of these theologies of this nature, this two-stage theology, the proof of the fact that you have the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. All right? Now, we're going to talk about this later, but uh, this then essentially is a two-stage process and it essentially means that you have junior Christians and senior Christians uh, walking around, and they're not—they're—they're not all—they're they're not, all, not all in the same spirit, right? So that—that is—and uh, I'm not. By the way, I'm deliberately not giving you labels here. There's technical theological terms. I'm not going to bother with that because I don't want the labels to get in the way of the understanding of what I'm saying. And then you have. The third, which is the view we practice here, which is you get the full Holy Spirit when you believe, but you also get the potential for unlimited growth and unlimited work of God as you cooperate with Him. All right? So that means you get the Holy Spirit at faith. There's only one kind of Christian, but there's the opportunity for multiple fillings and multiple gifts that... Uh, god will do over the course of time dealing with your unique situations uh, and all of the all of the challenges that we have as we walk through the faith does that make sense so i just wanted to point out we are we are practicing number three here and um, with that i want to give you an analogy just a quick analogy to help maybe put this into working order by the way, uh, I'm, I now am told that this analogy is out of date because technology has changed. But my analogy has to do with a water heater. So bear with me right now. Uh, and you might say, Well, Dennis, what does a water heater have to do with the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a way that helped me, helps me understand how it works. So you've got your water heater. Now, in the old days, the water heater had a pilot light, it had a burner and then it had a big tank of water, and the pilot light would be on, and then when the water dropped down a certain temperature, or you had a shower, and then it filled up with cold water, the burners would go on and make more hot water, okay? That's, that's the basic, and I'm not going to worry about all those numbers in there, but that's the basic working of a, of a water heater, and now, apparently, they come without pilot lights, so this is limited, but the way to think about the pilot light is that when we trust Jesus, the Spirit seals us. Our spiritual pilot light is ignited. All right? And unlike my old water heaters, that pilot light never goes out. Okay? It's on, you're marked, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. But there's a problem, and that is with the pilot light on, there's not a whole lot of hot water in the tank right? The tank is still cold. But when you get baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, the burners come on and now you have spiritual power going on in your life and you have hot water in your tank. And so that hot water in your tank represents spiritual power. Jesus would say some of these things don't come out except by prayer and fasting, in terms of healings. Sometimes uh, power is needed for evangelism. Sometimes power is needed for those encounters where we, we we are seeing a demonic manifestation and we're saying, out of her in Jesus' name. That's a power encounter. Well, you better, if you go into spiritual warfare, you better have your tank hot. Otherwise, you will not be dealing in the power of the Spirit. You'll be dealing in your own power, and the enemy will beat you every time, every single time. Whether it's temptation to sin, uh, whether it's uh, uh, thinking wrong thoughts, the enemy can overpower you at any time. But if you're filled with the Spirit and your water tank is hot, then you're going to have that power. Go back to that previous slide. So here's the thing. When you sin, when you sin, the Bible tells us sin quenches the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? it means it reduces the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean removes the Holy Spirit. It means it reduces the power of the Holy Spirit. So now you uh, have a problem because now the burners are off. So you can walk around and be angry at your spouse or blame it on somebody else at work or be, uh, be angry with your kids and you can... Just get angry. And the only thing that happens when you do that is your water gets cold. But if you repent and you say, God, that was wrong, and you ask for forgiveness, then you can ask for a filling. See, the Holy Spirit cannot fill somebody with unconfessed sin. So the reason we're doing the prayer for the filling of the Holy Spirit after communion is because you're all going to confess your sins before you have communion standard practice we want to let God bring to mind all the things that are between us and him we're going to confess our sin we're going to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ and we're going to, receive the, we're going to ask for a fresh filling or a fresh baptism of the immersion in the Holy Spirit and by the way that sin includes unforgiveness if, you have, if there's someone you haven't forgiven then you need to do that before you take communion and, and when I say that, I, I mean, you don't have to let all your feelings about that catch up, but you have to make a decision of the will that you're not going to carry unforgiveness because unforgiveness just puts you in spiritual checkmate. Because the, the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If we don't forgive those who sin against us, and in the Gospel of Matthew goes and makes this point, then uh, We won't have our sins forgiven, which means our water's still cold, or at least getting cold. So the whole trick of life, our social covenant as a church, if you don't know what that is, uh, then let let the people at the Connect desk know. We'll give you a copy of that. We haven't talked about it in a few months. A lot of new people. But our social covenant is all about repenting and forgiving. That's how we interact with each other. And why do we have that social covenant? Well, one of the reasons we have that social covenant is so that nobody in this church lets their water get cold, uh, or at least walks without the understanding that their water is getting cold. So we forgive, we repent, and we forgive. So that allows the Spirit to move, and the burners, the burners come back on. And so the, the, the Jesus never sinned. So he was always full of the Holy Spirit, always. Can you imagine how much power he had? What if we could be filled with the Holy Spirit as a way of practice, as a way of life, more minutes and more hours of every day? Imagine what would happen to our evangelism, to our service, to our hospitality, to our uh, witness about Jesus, to the quality of our thinking, to the quality of our work, to the quality of our family relationships would go through the roof because we have the filling of the Holy Spirit. So does that make sense? So y'all are water heaters and you, you, need to be, you need to be asking each other, hey, is your water hot today? Is your water hot today? Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to receive communion? All right. So that we come to this last slide, which is life in general. The life in the Spirit is still difficult. We're still in a fallen world. We're still tempted to sin. We still have addictions. We still have all kinds of problems. But if you will walk with the Spirit, you will have the power to overcome those. Amen. So it's really asking ourselves, what is the source of power that I'm living by right now? And if, if you ever come to the conclusion I'm, I'm operating on the left side. I'm just trying harder. There's nothing wrong with that. But on the right, that person on the right, they're, they're, they're working hard. They're holding that, they're holding that uh, sail. They're balancing on that board. Waves are coming over. There's lots of difficulties. But the source of their power is the wind, is the, is the spirit. That's good. Right? So that's how we want to walk. All right. And uh, by the way, we're, we're open to questions on this series, and um, I think I've answered uh, in this sermon so far, I think I've answered the, the, the key questions we had about the Spirit and baptism and filling. Have I? Is it clear? So filling and baptism are uh, interchangeable, in, with, or by are interchangeable, and we want God to live in us. We want God to fill us. We want God to keep filling us. And whenever we sin, the burners come off. And when we repent and forgive, and we ask for a fresh filling, God will do that. You know why he will do that? Because he commands us to be filled with the Spirit. Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. It's an imperative command. So if you ask God for something that says that's an order of his in this book, he is required to do it. Now, the only conditions are you have, to, you have to be confessing all your sin and you have to be forgiving everybody who sinned against you. All right. So, I'm going to open this to testimonies. And I just want to say that my, my story, and then, uh, yeah, if, if somebody wants to share, could you just come up and sit here so I can know that? But I just want to share a little bit about my story in the Holy Spirit. And uh, it'd it be... It began that day I read 1 Corinthians 4.20. And then I realized I did not have that power. Whatever Paul was talking about, I did not have it. So what I did is I read the New Testament over and over again. And I noted every single thing the Holy Spirit does and every single thing. Process that I could see the Holy Spirit working in, whether it was sanctification, whether it was salvation, just to understand. And I systematically went through the New Testament and I reached the conclusion you cannot follow Jesus without the Spirit. And I don't understand how the Spirit works. So, Lord, show me. And so it was months of study, seeking God, and then Uh, One day I was at at another church on a Wednesday night with a friend from out of town and we we went for prayer and they said, what do you want? And I said, I'm I'm on a months-long journey to have more of the Spirit. Have you forgiven everybody you need to forgive? Yes. Do you have any unconfessed sin? No. All right, let's pray. And they laid hands on me and for about 30 minutes, maybe 40, um, I found myself on the floor. Uh, I heard everything that was going on. I felt the power of the Lord on me. And all of a sudden I had a horrible pain and it felt like a hand was reaching in behind my neck and was pulling something out of my spine. And the people praying for me said, I said, what's that? It hurts. And they said, Dennis, that's selfish ambition. You're not going to need that anymore. So in my experience, it was a lot of power and spiritual surgery. God had to remove things that he didn't need anymore. Uh, But from that time, uh, afterwards we prayed. They instructed me on confession of sin, forgiveness of others, repetitious filling, and I've had days where I've been filled with the Spirit 10 times because I'm just having a bad day and I'm sinning, or I've got a bad attitude and I'm repenting for that. So uh, I know the presence of the Spirit now because I can sense when He's filling me. And it, it it usually feels like a weight. Like a, a gravity, the, the, the gravity of God making his presence felt in my life. That's typically what happens to me. So, I'll open it up for others to share uh, how the Holy Spirit has worked in your life. Burr?
1: Well, as Dennis was speaking, I was reminding myself of my experience, which was not unlike his. I was praying to be empowered by God. Didn't exactly know what that meant. I had a dream one night, I was on a a stage, there were a bunch of people kneeling, I was at the end, the minister was coming down, he was laying hands on each one, and as he did, they jump up, filled with the spirit. He got to me, he stopped, and I woke up. And I thought, whoa, what happened? Why didn't I get filled with the spirit? So I went to somebody in my church who I knew had a special power in her life And she said, oh, the Lord wants you to speak in tongues. Oh, what do I do? Well, she said in so many words, you come to my house, we're going to have a prayer meeting, and we're going to pray. So I did that. And um, it was about an hour long. It was clearly the presence of the Lord was there. If I said to myself, oh, I wish somebody would come and lay hands on me, somebody come up and lay hands on me, I, I said, if uh, I need a drink, somebody bring me a glass of water. And the Lord was speaking to me. And I was that night filled with the Spirit. But I did not receive tongues. And that's all right. I didn't really have desired tongues. I don't even desire tongues now. But he gave me something else. And that is, I can call up kind of a panting inside of me when I pray. And I think that's the spirit quickening, enli- keeping, quickening and enlivening me and opening up uh, my communication with the Lord. So anyway, my message is ask and you will receive. Amen. Thank you, Burr.
0: Thank you. There, there is a promise to that effect in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Uh, that the Father is a wonderful giver of gifts, and how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Kent.
2: I just thought I'd share something that's uh, really kind of a denial of the the Holy Spirit in a a situation because it's helped me understand some things as, as I'm growing in this area in a sensitivity when the Spirit's speaking to me. And the other, uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago, I guess now, <clears throat> I was coming home from my son, Nate, in uh, Deer Park's house. And Jill and I, because of circumstances were in different cars, and she was behind me. And I'm coming up to an intersection. And I'd been praying about, you know, God, do things clearly, speak to me, be, help me to be sensitive, those kind of things. And I see this man across the street. And he's, he's walking with a limp. And um, he, he reaches over and he picks up a piece of trash and he puts it in a trash can. And this wasn't the best part of town where I was at. And, uh, and I knew, this is going to get me, I knew I should go speak to this guy. And I also knew I was supposed to give him some money. And I've had situations like that before, I've done that and it's a great adventure and I could tell those stories too, but I wanna tell you a bad story because I, I think there's uh, there's a message here for all of us and I, I didn't, I thought of things I needed to do and get home and I made the left turn instead of going straight across and seeing the guy. And I even had the money in my pocket because I have it there for those reasons all the time and I, and I just didn't do it and you know, Every day since, the Lord has forgiven me, but every day since, I've, uh, I've thought about what an adventure I missed with Amen. Jesus. And since then, I've had some great adventures. I got to share the gospel with some people I, I prayed to do, and it just happened naturally. It was so good. But, boy, you know, that was a lesson to me. Hmm. And, uh, you know, God will take care of him. He didn't need me but he gave me an opportunity and I missed mm. it. And it was definitely the spirit of God speaking to
0: me. Mm. Ken, thanks for being transparent. And thanks for, uh, yeah. And thanks for uh, the strong testimony of your forgiveness and subsequent opportunities because he's good. He's really good. Come on up, Michael.
3: Um. Mr. Robinson's story made me think of something um, where he was uh, sort of expecting one thing and he got another thing. And, um, you know, my, my first real experience with the Holy Spirit was we were doing this class on spiritual warfare and I felt God tell me to go and listen to this song um, and uh, it, like, just hit me like a wave. And I was, like, down the ground. I think I was there for, like, three hours. And I had this vision of this fountain, like this fount- like this pure fountain that was just upspringing. And the more I looked at the fountain, the more in awe of God I was. But the more I wanted to melt my flesh through the ground because I saw how, you know, unworthy I am. And um, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, confession that came out of that, because God revealed a lot of my sin to me through that. Um, but as I, that was kind of a big moment for me, and as I walked through, um, I, I sort of was looking for more experiences, and, and kind of hearing other people's stories, and, and I think God really has a specific thing for each person that's different, and um, I know like, one example for me is in my prayer to, I always want God to speak to me in my prayer times and I, and God wants to speak to me okay. just throughout the day. And once I sort of realized that, um, you know, he, he, he's also very funny with me. Like he says things to me that really make me laugh throughout the day. Um, and I could go into a lot of examples, but I just encourage as, as this sort of, it just made me think, um, you know, Burr's is look for something, go to God and ask him for your sort of thing. Don't try to do what somebody else is doing in it. Cause I think he has like an adventure, you know, for every, every person, so.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on up, Scott. I'll do John and then I'll do Scott. And then the, the band's gonna come up and we're going to have communion.
4: Go ahead and sit in the middle here. Yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I just want to say as an encouraging word, you know, it's okay. You know, from my experience, I remember walking with the Lord for like 10 years or so with a pilot light on now, <laughs> now that I'm understanding that. And, um, you know, I knew of the Holy Spirit, um, but I didn't have really the power uh, that I read in Scripture. And uh, what I found is I had a lot of unforgiveness in me. Um, what I didn't know is I couldn't get through that without the Holy Spirit. And so um, it was almost like a simultaneous thing that happened when, you know, I was able to move through unforgiveness through the Holy Spirit. And I wasn't able to get through that on my own. And what I want to encourage is it's okay, like, if, to go 10 years, 20 years or so, um, but have the heart when the Lord's like, it's this, this is what I'm showing you. Like, let, like, y- yes, Papa, right? Like, oh, okay, I don't have to like, no, I know everything, Lord. I know the scripture, I'm good. Like have that heart when he's, you know, years into your walk with him to say, no, there's more I wanna show you about the Holy Spirit. There's more I wanna teach you. Um, and there's goodness in that. Like have the heart that says, fine, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> um, and in, in my life, you know, I, I was able to go through Unbelievable unforgiveness, which, which took all this bitterness off of me. And, um, and then you learn, as Michael said, this, the spirit's fun, right? Like that gets off of you. Then he's like, oh, man, let me, let me tell you what this scripture means. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey uh, after that. So um, say yes to the Lord. Just say yes.
0: Amen. Amen. Good, John. Thank you. Yeah. Royce, you guys want to come up? Royce? Yeah.
5: I have two and I'll be very quick. Number one, a week ago Friday night, I was making a presentation to about 300 dental hygienists at the Florida Dental Hygiene Association. And one of the things that I said to the Lord about a year ago was, Procter & Gamble has been getting the full value of my spiritual gifts, but has the kingdom been getting the full value of my spiritual gifts at Procter & Gamble? So I committed about a year ago to say, how do I use my spiritual gifts in the marketplace? And so on Wednesday night, before the Friday night presentation, I gave a rough outline of my presentation to Dennis. And I told him kind of this cute, fun way I was going to open it with this $100 bill. And he thought, that sounds pretty good. So I'm leaving the building on Friday, Wednesday. And by the way, come Wednesday nights, people. If you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, show up in this room on Wednesday nights you can't help but get filled. So I'm walking out and Laura Snow, I'm telling her what I'm gonna do. And she stopped me on the sidewalk and she said, you need to pray about this and you need to ask God what to do with that hundred dollar bill that was part of the show, the presentation. So I did. So I'm, I'm in front of this audience, it's a very secular audience, and I'm at the very end of the presentation and finally, I stopped it, and I literally said something along these lines. I said, I'm a man of faith. I belong to a community church up in Marymont, Ohio, and I pray. And I, and I prayed that God would give me the name of somebody in the audience that needs this $100. And you could have heard a pin drop. And I said, is there Kelsey Brannon in the room? And Kelsey stood up, and she came up and got the $100 bill. She's a dental student at Florida State. She was bawling when she came up. I found out later on that she came to this conference on a scholarship that this university paid, but that she had no spending money and that she had to borrow money for food. And God gave her my $100 bill. The second one was last night, the days all run together, I'm driving home from Mackinac Island. And it's a long drive from Cincinnati up to Mackinac. you got to take a ship ferry out to the island. I was done. I was exhausted. And I'm coming home, and Heather said, are you going to go see your brother who lives in mid-Michigan? And I said, no, I'm tired. I'm not going to go. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, so men, you know, when you're married to a, guy, a godly woman, God speaks through that wife right and Heather was like you got to go see John and I'm like no and then I said besides he's going to be in the field he's a farmer and they're harvesting sugar beets and you do that all night long and it rained it's the only thing that keeps a farmer out of the field so I'm like well no he's going to be home but no he goes to bed early so I won't bother him so I texted him said hey I can't come and he said I'll be up so the Holy Spirit was saying, you got to get off the highway, you got to go an hour inland into the Thumb of Michigan, and you got to go see your brother. And it was like, if you're walking in the Holy Spirit, you've got to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So I did. I'm sitting in his living room. I haven't seen him for two years. I'm sitting in his living room at 1 o'clock in the morning. And his wife comes home. She was out with some friends. They went and saw a movie and all that, and she came home. And I can't, for lack of time, I can't tell you what our conversation was, but absolutely the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak to her. Her walk with Christ is off the rails, and I said some things to her that were very uncomfortable. But it made her think about getting back on the rails with her faith. So the le- I didn't want to be there. I had every excuse in the book to not be there, but the Holy Spirit just kept saying, "Go, Amen. go, go," Amen. and you obey that. And I don't know what my words to my sister Paula did or my sister-in-law Paula did, but obviously the Holy Spirit wanted me there.
0: Amen. 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 All right, well, now we're going to commune with our Father, and we're going to remember what Jesus did for us, and then we're going to uh, ask for the filling of the Spirit. So, uh, as the band leads us, uh, confess your sin, extend forgiveness where you need to, Uh, when you're ready, come up and take the body and blood of Jesus and receive forgiveness for your sin. And if you've never done that before, I just encourage you uh, during communion, I'm just going to stand here. If there's anybody who wants to say, you know what, I want, to, I want to trust Jesus. I want to receive what Jesus did for me on the cross for my forgiveness. Um, and just come up and uh, we'll pray together. We'll start you on your journey. You'll have your first communion. And then um, we'll ask God to fill all of us afresh with the Holy Spirit. So Father, we thank you for your amazing gift. And Lord, um, thank you for your presence here right now, for the weight of glory that is here right now. So have your way with your church now, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. We just want to breathe in. Holy Spirit, we want to breathe in the Lord Jesus. We want to breathe in the Father. Uh, there'll be a prayer team that we'll be walking through, laying hands on your head. Laying hands on is uh, something else we see in the book of Acts as regards the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to do that. There'll be a prayer team. So just stay seated uh, during this next song and uh, we'll either touch your shoulders or your head, whatever, and we'll just be walking behind you and praying for you to be filled with the Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, uh, we invite you now to come and fill your people according to your word. Do your word, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're good and faithful. That you will... Give what your children have asked for. All glory and honor and praise to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to stand? I'm just going to bless you uh, with this benediction. Uh, it's Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and in this verse, Jesus explains the purpose of the Holy Spirit's power and the purpose of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Where he says, uh, you will receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. So I bless you. You are now filled with the Spirit. I bless you to go. Uh, thank you for Kent's admonition. Let's be on the lookout for opportunities. And let's be faithful this week. Have a great week. Bless you. Amen.